This episode of the MGMA podcast is brought to you by Walmart Business. It's the Walmart you love, now for business. Get everything you need for your staff and patients in one place. Enjoy big savings on health and safety products, cleaning supplies, over-the-counter medications, and much more. And don't forget the break room snacks. Create a free account today and start shopping at business.walmart.com. That's business.walmart.com. Hello and welcome to the MGMA Insider Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. We're joined today by Tim Smith, principal of TS Healthcare Consulting. Tim is one of our featured speakers at MGMA 19, the data conference that will run from May 16th to 18th in Orlando, Florida. Tim, thanks for joining our podcast today. Well, Daniel, thank you. Uh, it's great to be here today, and I'm excited about presenting at MGMA's data conference in May. Great. Now, we consider you around these parts a data guru, so tell our listeners, <laughs> tell our listeners about your journey and career in healthcare and medical practices, and in particular, how it how that kind of pertains and relates to being this uh, data guru. Well, it's funny. I don't consider myself to be a data guru. Um, <laughs> more of a data, more of just an informed data user and maybe a bit of a data skeptic. Um, and those two go hand in hand, by the way, if you ask me, because to be an informed data user, you have to be skeptical about the way that <clears throat> people commonly use the data. I think, um, but I'm an accountant by training. So accountants are weird numbers people, right? I mean, I get excited when I balance my checking account. We just, <laughs> we're just like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I came out of an accounting background, both audit and then I was uh, in, in general accounting for a manufacturing company. But you know, early in the career, it was really about numbers. Things have to tick and tie and particularly in my industry accounting experience, we really had to drill into numbers, and I worked at Atachi, where the senior management was was very demanding, actually, about um, financial analysis reporting. They were very forward-looking. They didn't really, you know, when you explain last month's financials, they weren't concerned about last month. They wanted to know how that was going to affect the future. So that really ingrained a lot of just drilling in to the to the numbers uh, uh, kind of habits of mind and practice. And, um, and I have a natural bent on intellectual curiosity. I just like to know how things work. Um, so I think that set the stage for some early experiences in healthcare that when I got into healthcare in about 1994, of really wanting to look behind the numbers, to drill into the numbers, to understand the numbers. Um, and I was at HCA at the time. I spent 14 years at HCA uh, working in their physician services, physician development area. And um, I had the opportunity to do a lot of drilling into the numbers. I was there in the go-go 90s. And without going into too much of the story here on this podcast, um, you know, I, I, I was, had some experiences of drilling into the numbers and doing some retrospective analysis that really gave me a little bit of skepticism, healthy skepticism towards a lot of the, just the popular talking points that I would hear, you know, every day in presentations and in meetings. 
know, everybody seemed to drink the Kool-Aid. This is back in the go-go 90s when everyone was buying up primary care practices, both uh, the PPM companies and the hospitals. There was a lot of industry buzz out there related to uh, all these great financial results that were going to happen from those models. And as I began to study them, it, it really didn't turn out that way. And uh, I think the industry, you know, trend actually proved me right and that those, those models really fell apart for a variety of reasons. But that gave me a little bit of skepticism. Healthy skepticism is the word I want to use today. Towards just people in healthcare say stuff. Yeah, you know, this and this is true and everybody starts repeating it. Well, that's part of, I think, the data problem we have in healthcare. And I'm going to just say that we have a data problem in healthcare. And the, the problem isn't necessarily the data we have, it's the way we use it and really abuse it. Um, and so um, that, that, those early experiences, I think, kind of gave me this healthy skepticism. Uh, in 2008, I joined the valuation community, became a professional evaluator with a focus on uh, physician compensation. And in doing valuation work, of course, you have to come to a judgment of what you think fair market value is, and you have to defend it. And so in that process, I started to really dig into the various survey um, data sets that were being used for different types of valuation. Um, and that included just things as simple as looking at the demographics, for example, of MGMA, looking at the questionnaire, the data questionnaire, the data definition. Um, and as I started doing valuation work, lots of people would say things about the data. Well, listen, you know, people are at this percentile because of that. And, you know, the data is this and that. And all the people over, you know, this cohort of data is representative of this and that. Well, I started digging into this. Is that really true? And what I often found surprised me. Um, the data didn't always uh, behave, if you will, the way that I expected to. And it really, again, gave me this healthy skepticism towards a lot of the industry practice, which is towards people making assumptions about the data, people making generalizations about the data, people taking data and using it in ways that it's not designed or intended to be used. Um, and I, I just started doing data studies. Um, I, you know, early on started slicing and dicing data saying, well, does size matter to physician compensation? So I started looking at the, the breakdowns that were available in the MGMA data by the number of physicians in the practice, by the revenue size of the practice. Started looking at, you know, hospital-owned practices versus physician-owned practices. Um, and that began the journey of just digging into the data as a way of assessing all of these talking points that I would hear at, you know, conferences, I go to, I go to conferences every year, I listen to webinars, I talk to my peers, and of course, as evaluator, you're always interacting with the industry, you've got clients, uh, in, my, in my case, it was uh, uh, pretty much on the hospital side, but you were dealing with physicians, and everybody was making claims about the market, mm -hmm. and the, you know, the market, this and that. So I've always been one to drill in, it's like, let's test this statement about the data, let's go see if the data actually support that. And I've been in places in my career where I've simply done that. Not a lot of people have the time or the, the uh, motivation to do that, I have. So that's really it. Um, and I think it's very, very important that if we're ever going to bend the cost curve and move towards improving healthcare in the United States, and not just delivery, but really the cost of care, We've got to get data right. 
and I don't think we get data. We're using data well in our industry. Uh, and so part of this is I want healthcare to be better. Uh, and so to do that, we've got to have appropriate uh, and accurate, realistic and correct data usage. Right. And that's fascinating that you bring that up because we see that not only in the healthcare industry, but we see it across all types of industries. We, you know, technology has allowed us to have so much data at our fingertips, and yet we see it either misinform or be miscommunicated or misunderstood. And that's what I wanted to ask you when we're talking about data. You've done so much research and you've gone in as a a natural skeptic about it until you've had time yourself to go in and really dig in and look at the numbers. When you're seeing these errors or these misapplication of data, what is the root cause that you're seeing? Is it people just truly not understanding it? Is it people cherry picking data points that they like? I mean, what's going on there? Why is there such a, a disconnect in evaluating and analyzing data? I, that's a great question. I think some of it is that, um, like in my own self, if you would, if you would go back in time, you know, uh, and talk to Tim Smith many, many years ago, you know, I'm, I might have had a very different idea of some of the data than I have today because I've been studying it. Um, and, and I think that what we have is a kind of, in healthcare, and, and I, quite frankly, I've been saying this since I got into healthcare 25, nearly, nearly 25 years ago now. There's a bit of a superficial approach to financial analysis and, and you know, yeah, financial analysis. And I think that carries over in how we, we do data. Um, the things that we used to do in manufacturing were pretty hardcore. And when I came, you know, it's funny, I started at HCA with a guy who came out of Rockwell. And he was a cost accountant. And he and I would get together in, early, in those early days when I was at the surgery center company and talk about just how backward healthcare was. So I hate to, I'm not trying to be negative, but I mean, there just is just this, this, you know, I don't find today that people drill into numbers in the same way that they have in other industries to make sure that they're profitable and they're operating at, at you know, optimum efficiency. So I, I don't think there is a history within healthcare of these, these you know, really numbers-driven um, data analytics um, habits of mind and thinking um, that, we, that you may have elsewhere. So I think that's some of it. I also think that um, the usage of data for valuations is an area where the industry has gravitated towards quick and easy answers. And I, 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 you know, a lot of data usage really does come out of the hospital side of the industry uh, with fair market value and what do we pay physicians? And if you if you listen to my, you know, uh, my podcast about uh, practice losses, if you've read some of the things that I wrote in my presentation at the financial conference, you know, we talked about how the economics of the hospital side are very different than the physicians own the, the, the practices are owned by physicians because they have to live within their means, right? They eat what you catch. Hospitals tend to be very different in how they look at them. And hospitals are, you know, they don't want to, they're, they're 
they've got a lot going on. They've got big operations. Physicians are one component of a larger continuum of care. But there's just a tendency to want to get it quick and easy. And I think that that um, and just some popular moves related to fair market value uh, have really gotten us into some bad data places. The other thing is this tendency, and I have to, I have to criticize uh, a lot of what goes on at some of the conferences and in webinars, people are not doing adequate research. Um, I, I, you know, and the other thing that happens is somebody says something at a conference, everybody starts repeating it. And it's mm-hmm. sort of the telephone game. It's, it's narrative. It's narrative. It's sort of, you know, somebody said it on Twitter, so it's true. Well, somebody said it at a conference, it's true. And we really don't have, I think, the healthy skepticism about a lot of industry data usage that we should. People are just not being as critical in how they use it or, or being, being transparent. Hey, y'all, I'm just now starting to work with this data. Here's what I think right now based on what I've done at this point. That's a fair statement. All of us are learning and growing and developing. And I hope this isn't taken as, you know, trying to slam the industry, but rather, hey, we need to, we need to you know, up our game. We need to grow and develop. And as I tell my valuation peers, you know, every knowledge discipline should be developing and growing and expanding, right? That's what we see in science. Um, that's what we see in technology is growth and innovation. We need to foster that spirit with respect to our data usage. And I, you know, my concern is we don't, we don't have that. And we're, we're about to go from fee-for-service to value-based payments, and we'll just see how quickly that happens. I, I remain skeptical about the timeline for that. And ultimately, we're, we're never going to get away from volume. Right? I don't, we're never going to pure value. It's just volume and value are related. But <clears throat> um, we've got to create new habits of mind. And we've got to have a critical eye towards how we use data. And the, the first step, of course, is understanding what the data are. What are the characteristics of the data? How was it put together? What is it intended? You know, what's, its, what's really its intended use? What can and can it not be used for? And getting out of, I think, bad data practices um, that, you know, we'll be talking about some at the conference about what are some of those really bad data practices that are very, very common. And I know you folks at MGMA deal with them on your, I've, you know, talked to the folks in survey operations that deal with questions from, users and you know there's a lot of misunderstanding about the data out there and i appreciate mgma by the way putting on these educational conferences to help us all uh, become better at using the data yeah it, that's interesting that you mentioned that and, and one of the things you're going to talk about valuations of physician compensation and practices and in looking at your presentation and the uh, information that you have there. One of the quotes that you had in there really caught my attention. It said, you're going to show people how to evaluate and even push back on cookie cutter valuation work. Um, that really caught my attention. What, elaborate on that. What, what are you getting at? Is it, I don't want to call it laziness, but is it a misunderstanding of really how to dig into the data? Is, is that where the, the disconnect is happening? Is it people just don't have the tools to do it? Or do they see that, well, this, this worked for some other practice, so I'm going to just photocopy that and, and 
input that into my own practice and see how that works. I, explain that to us. Let, let us get a little bit better understanding what you mean by that. Sure, sure. And just to give a quick overview of that session, we're going to be talking about how survey data is used to value clinical compensation, medical directorships, and call coverage uh, for physician arrangements between, primarily between hospitals and physicians. We may deal with some of the physician side as well, but those are going to be uh, the primary types of valuations. We're going to be talking about what surveys are used, what metrics from those surveys are used, and what um, techniques or methods or models are used to take that data and apply it to whatever physicians are being, our physician arrangements are being valued. Um, but what we're going to talk about in that session really is how valuation has become very cookie cutter and formulaic. And that's why you see all of these calculators out there because it finally dawned on some people, I don't need to hire, or I don't need to have a bunch of human beings sitting there cranking these methods. I can create an automated tool that you plug numbers into and outcomes and a, a fair market value number. Um, because it has become formulaic. Well, we're going to look at some of these formulas and some of the ideas that are embedded in these, these valuation methods and, and calculation techniques and look at whether or not they match reality. Because one of my contentions in this session in our MythBuster session is about that, that the data don't support, if you study the data, the data really don't correlate with or, or square with a bunch of these models. These models are perpetuating understandings of the drivers of physician compensation that don't match the data. Um, and so the pushback really is about really, uh, you know, allowing particularly health systems, because they're the main users of these valuation products, to be able to analyze what was done and begin to assess whether these cookie cutter techniques apply in their facts and circumstances. They're very formulaic. Uh, and indeed, we tend to see these, what, what are often called rules of thumb in the valuation profession, being used as valuation methods and, and you know, blanket statements about you can't be over this percentile or that percentile, it's always FNB. Um, these kinds of statements, I think, um, are, should be scrutinized. And um, we're going to look behind the curtain, so to speak, on how evaluators do what they do. And I think that, that having that informed knowledge of what they do and how they go about it is going to make health systems in particular better uh, users of valuations and you know, uh, products. Okay. Now, you, you also uh, mentioned another uh, presentation you're going to make, and that's on data myth busters. I have to ask you is... Is this related to or based on the uh, Mythbusters TV show at all? Well, yeah, in, in theory, we're not going to do as cool a stuff like, you know, <laughs> test out Star Wars and, you know, can, who's, if, you know, I guess I could bring my, I have these expensive lightsabers we bought that I could actually bring. <laughs> I guess we could do this. <laughs> anyway, I'll stand on the table and you get below me and we'll see, you know, a Luke and, uh, Luke and uh, Anakin's, uh, you know, lightsaber fight. No, I love that TV show, but it's the same concept. You know, the, the TV show was um, all about either popular myths or things that happen in movies. And they said, well, let's see, does this really work in real life? That's what we're going to do in a sense with the data. We're going to take a lot of popular 
ideas that you will hear. I mean, if we went to some conferences today, if I if we listened to some webinars today, you'd hear people talking about some relationships in the data, some you know some some things that are reported about drivers of physician comp. We're going to put those to the test, and we're going to dive into the data. And MGMA has provided some fantastic tools for us to evaluate many of these popular notions of data. Uh, and so we're, yeah, we're going to, it's going to be just like, in, you know, Bitsbusters is just not going to be as cool. So, and I don't, I don't think they'll yeah. let me take my lightsaber on the plane. So uh, maybe I'll bring a picture of me with my lightsaber, but. Right. Well, getting to that point then, what, what are some of the biggest myths or misconceptions regarding data in our industry? Well, I think the first really is what are these various, you know, surveys out there what are they and what are their characteristics? And what most people don't understand is the different surveys, uh, you know, what, they're, what, what they are and are not, uh, what they are and are not tended to provide you in terms of information. Talk, and we'll talk about what segments of the market they represent, as well as, you know, some misconceptions about some of the metrics. So that's, you know, uh, th that's one thing we have to talk about. But a focus is, is really going to be on physician compensation. And there we have to focus on the purported relationship between production and compensation that many hold to be in, in the data. And we're going to do, we're going to look at it from various different standpoints. Um, some using, you know, regression analysis, some using scatter plot diagrams using the quartile data, and all this is, is all available for anyone to use on the MGMA data dive products. Um, but we'll be looking at these purported relationships, and we'll be also talking about how much of the data is misused statistically. People, um, have, I think, it will often take data tables and do things with them that they're not designed and intended to do. Another one we're going to put to the test is this notion that to, to recruit a new experienced physician, it's going to require uh, a guaranteed salary equal to the median total compensation in the data. We're going to look at both AMGA data and MGMA data to show that that's a myth. Uh, and so those will be some of the things that we look at in this Mythbuster series. And I would say for those who want to attend, my session on valuation work and the survey data and the Mythbuster series they kind of go together. Uh, for those that are looking at attending, I would say do both. Okay. Now you had mentioned tools there just a moment ago and wanted to ask before we close, uh, will there be any tools or applications that attendees can take away from your presentations? Uh, not necessarily tool, but inform, it's better tool use. We'll talk about how to use Datadive, I think, better. I'll give some of that, but it's really going to be about developing and in, in, improved knowledge mm -hmm. and understanding um, and being having better skills and understanding about the data use. I think that's really the biggest takeaway that, that uh, folks will have. Okay. And what role does critical thinking then play in your presentation and your kind of your philosophy or theme about data. Is, is there something in there? I know you're skeptical about everything. Is, is critical thinking then a part of being skeptical about information? Yeah. In fact, in my world, you could use skeptical and critical as synonymous. Um, 
because, you know, skepticism about do we know that skepticism can simply be do we really know that, and that re- that leads to a critical assessment of well let's go test that let's you know, just like the Mythbusters TV show does, let's go put that to a test let's go dive drill into this, and see if it's really the case and I think maybe it's just that, that critical orientation of being critical to data use that makes us better at using the data. Let, but before I forget too, Daniel, let's not forget this. I'm going to be on in a third session about value-based payments and data use. And there I'm going to say um, some, some very different things about data use. And I'm going to, once again, I think, be a little bit of the gadfly and say some things very differently than people are hearing about uh, value-based payments and how we need to be even more careful in how we use data in approaching compensation for value-based payments. Okay. Well, Tim, I'm excited to find out if you are going to bring lightsabers or not for your presentation. <laughs> <laughs> and I just... I, I'm thinking about that. I, <laughs> I think you should see what uh, security will allow. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Well, thank you, Daniel. It was, it was fun to be here. All right. Thanks again to Tim Smith. Uh, You can hear Tim speak live at the data conference on Friday, May 17th. And a reminder here, we have a special discount for podcast listeners. You can go to mgma.com slash datacon, that's data, C-O-N. And if you follow that link, you can receive $200 off the regular registration price by entering the code podcast. Thanks again for being an MGMA Insider. I'm Daniel Williams. The popular buzzword we've been seeing everywhere is AI. But what we all want to know is how we can implement and use it to our advantage. When it comes to improving margins, accelerating cash flow, and optimizing staff performance, there's a one-stop shop using cloud-based predictive analytics. MGMA Analytics is your AI-enabled tool that upscales technology you've already been paying for, so you can silo your disparate systems and make data-backed business decisions. Visit mgma.com analytics and see how AI can revolutionize your finances and operations. Again, visit mgma.com analytics today.